Welcome to Happy Millionaire, a show about how to make profit with a positive impact and stay happy along the way. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about why I decided to go into a cabin in the middle of the woods and why anti-meta activities are going to become the norm in the future. We also talk about why and how visualization works and how to figure out exactly what you want. And that's really important because if you don't have a vision of what you actually want, how can you execute on said vision? And do stick around to the end because Jay breaks down FTX and the four red flags that we should have spotted with its founder, SBF. So you just got back from the woods, right? Yeah. You were in Norfolk. I went to Norfolk on uh, anti-meta activity. And I, I actually think the trend for anti-meta activities is going to go up. So what do I mean by that? Like in real life stuff. So purposeful time when you take yourself away from your devices, microphones, you know, laptops, mm. all that kind of stuff. So you, not just so you can connect with nature, but literally so you can just switch off and just access that side of the brain that leads to more creativity. So basically... On a Wednesday, I drove up to Norfolk, right at the top of Norfolk. They don't tell you where you're going. They literally send you a pin, like a Google Map pin, and just say, go here, and then park your car, and then the rest will be like sort of, you know, just instructions or whatever. So I went there with my dog. Uh, yeah. No, no one else. Just, just, nutmeg. just me, just nutmeg. And I had like a A3 piece of paper. I left my laptop. I haven't left my laptop at home for literally years. So drove up there, you park your car, and then uh, no one's there, literally. Like, you're just parking off uh, this like, little A road, like country road, into this, um, like, dirt road sort of thing. There's a wheelbarrow and a torch, and it just says, like, go this way. So you put all your shit in the wheelbarrow, including your food and everything, and you, you walk into the forest, like, 400 meters, and then suddenly you come to this clearing... And there's like a little bonfire, there's a modern looking cabin, solar panels, and uh, you go in and it's all like, it's actually quite nice. It's kind of like if Soho House did like cabins in the woods. It's a Soho Farmhouse. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like Soho Farmhouse without the amenities. So like you can't yeah. just order room service. There's literally nothing there. There's no reception. There's no Wi-Fi. There's barely any hot water. Uh, there's like a kettle, a coffee grinder, a bed. But the best thing about it is the windows. So there's it's almost like floor-to-ceiling windows. And when you wake up in the morning, all you see is forest. And it's phenomenal. And so I woke up in the in the morning the, the, the following night after cooking myself dinner. And uh, me and Nutmeg were just like staring out into the into forest for ages. It was raining. And then I was like, I'll oh, sod this. Let's just go out. So put my overalls on went out and then we just went for a walk and got lost for two hours. And mate, I can't, exp- it, it sounds so douchey to talk about like, you know, I'll do this like in real life and get back to nature. But honestly, for someone who spends so much of their time on social media, consuming social media, creating content and generally being in front of a laptop, it was amazing. I recommend it to everyone. So you were in a cabin. Yeah. There's a bed there and... Essentially, there is no routine. You decide the routine, right? I decide. I decided everything. My schedule. I mean, obviously, I woke up early and I did a bit of exercise, but that's just because yeah, that yeah, is my course. habit. Yeah, of it's course. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, but there's like, you know, there's a, a, a log burner, and so you know, I, I, I did my best lumberjack impression, and I put, you know, my 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 logs on, created a fire that night. So the first day you probably settled in because it's like any holiday, right? It takes mm. one day. It's just 
you're just settling in. You're like, wow, this is new. And then yeah. it usually takes sometimes a day or two to actually settle in. But um, what were you like? So then you went to bed. Next day you woke up. I'm assuming that's when... Dude, I just leaned into the boredom. It's almost like, you know, when you do a meditation, the first few minutes are just like, oh, I've got to do this today. Oh, I've got to, you know, oh, oh, what about this person I'm meeting? Oh, I've got to make sure I make that phone call. Oh, I've got to, you know, you're just kind of like going through a to-do list. And then you kind of like realize, oh, those are my thoughts. And then you start watching your thoughts and then you smile internally. Mm. And then you just get into that, okay, well, I'm just walking and I, or I'm just sat here or I'm just like concentrating on my breathing. And actually when I was in the in the forest with, with Nutmeg, we were just walking and it was raining. I was just listening to the sounds and it was, yeah, it was it was great. Uh, I, I, I feel like a dose of boredom is necessary as an as the antidote to our sort of hyper-connected, very busy lives. And it's not just like literally busy, it's like busy-minded lives. Mm. So yeah, no, it was epic. It's interesting. So I've been, one of the books I'm reading is called um, Supernatural and it's Joe Dispenza book. Oh yeah, you love talked, Joe Dispenza. Yeah, right now, my, I'm a new fan. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, yeah, I'm a fanboy. He's like a new guru, right? It's my, yeah, he's the guy I think I'm learning a lot from right now. And he talks mm. about just the brain waves because right now in our crazy lives, what he calls it like the beta wave, beta state, right? Where we're just constantly chasing that dopamine, right? That mm. next hit, um, whatever it is, whether it's making money or whether it's through friends, social life, food. And essentially what he's saying is that we all need to go to the alpha state where things just slow down. And that's the moment where you can be creative, you're mm. relaxed, that's where you can hit the loving, joyful state. So it felt like this whole trip, you were out of that beta state into that alpha state where you're relaxed and hence you're being more creative, you mm. can be more connected to your soul. I guess selfishly, what I want to learn from you. Well, what did you take away? And well, for I others? did some activities outside of just you know doing all the normal douchey stuff. Well, I guess this is pretty douchey as well. <laughs> Such uh, a douche, did, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just cringing at like someone. Someone. Yeah, douchey word to today. Oh yeah, of course he did. He did yeah, a vision yeah. board. Of course he did. I actually did a vision board. It was pretty sick. So five years ago, uh, 2017, uh, I did a, an exercise with a couple of friends of mine. It's like a guided meditation that she was doing. She she guides you through like a five, 10 minute meditation and then she starts asking you questions and you're meditating, you know, eyes closed or whatever, sat down on the floor and she's just asking you questions. She's just like, you know, it's 10 years in the future, you're waking up, where are you? Uh, what does it smell like? What, what are you sleeping on? What are you getting up on? How does your body feel? What's the temperature? What's the weather outside? You know, all, all these different questions. And basically what came to me was like this picture of this future that I want to create for myself. And, this, you know, we weren't on psychedelics or anything like that. It was literally just meditation. And that day I wrote down what I wanted to do in a year from 2017, five years, and then 10 years after that. And I literally wrote down, you know, Things like passive income, uh, being in a in a power couple, settling down, figuring out what my business is, the ability to work from anywhere in the world, all these different elements. And I looked back on that whilst I was away. And dude, it's incredible how many things I've ticked off. Mm. Obviously, I got married this year. I run my business from wherever. I was in Australia for a month earlier this year. You know, the podcast has, has taken off. Uh, all, all, all the the other elements of my business by virtue of having an agency that's based in Berlin allows me to do loads of remote work as well. Mm. The app is obviously, you know, it, it doesn't really matter where in the world I am, I can still run that. So it, it was it was a really big realization, one that I hadn't realized before. 
And then the exercise, I actually, I would have brought it in with me as like a show and tell. Well, day three I, papers. Yeah, yeah, I put it in the log burner because I wanted to make some some other ones. So I don't have that anymore. And I basically mapped out all the different things that I want to do with my business uh, aspect to the life and then like living aspect to life. Like we talked about that long, that central table. Mm. So I wrote that out and I, I basically just kind of like put the building blocks of my life together uh, what kind of uh, business I have, the different elements of the business. One thing that I came to realize is actually I love uh, almost like consulting or giving guidance to other entrepreneurs. Mm. Uh, because even though I'm still kind of junior on my journey, I think sometimes you can still be a teacher of other people along along the way. Funny, funny thing, actually, whilst I'm on this monologue, I was just uh, interviewing someone for a position at Doctor's Kitchen. Uh, he's a UX designer. And we just got chatting and I was like, D just tell me like, you know, what things you've been tinkering around with on the side of like working for the last startup year. And he was like, oh, I've been thinking about creating this company. It's sort of like where you can source really high quality meat from. Because it's very hard to actually source that even when you go to reputable butchers. It's sort of like butcher's box, but for like for the UK. And, I, yeah. and he was like, yeah. And I was like, is there a butcher's block in the, in the UK? And he said, no. And I was like, why aren't you doing that? Yeah. And he was like, oh, well, I did. And I started creating a marketplace and I had this dev guy and like, uh, you know, he ended up doing another project. And I was like, well, what, what's the state of that now? And he was like, well, I got involved with this other startup. And so I kind of like shelved it for a bit. And I was like, dude, you're sitting on a really good idea. There's information asymmetry about the, the quality of meat products. I know that's something that I would use and a lot of like, you know, people that I know within yeah, this industry would ones. use, yeah, health yeah. conscious people for sure. People are coming around to the idea that most meat that you find in supermarkets is of poor quality. Mm. With Brexit, we know that the the quality of meat is going to go down because we're going to get to import it from all these other unreputable sources like America. This is a really good yeah, yeah. idea. So like, and I just basically, and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is what you need to do next. Yeah, yeah. You should go get your first hundred customers, go and get them to pre-sell uh, pre it, start something on Kickstarter, get your first 10K in, and then build your proper marketplace. And then, and he was like, yeah, I, should, I, I probably should do that as well. And he's got the skill set. He's yeah, a UX yeah. designer who's been in startups his whole life. So I, I kind of feel like I want to do that element of... Yeah you know, business building. I think the visualization techniques you're saying are super, super powerful. So I've done the same. So I've always visualized my goals. I actually read them like once a week. Yeah. So I'm constantly reading, but there's more advanced techniques. And I do recommend, I wish this was something we were taught at school, right? Like, yeah. hey, do these visualization techniques. You'll, it does actually work. I know some people might be listening to this going, oh my God, this is woohoo stuff, but it does mm. work because if you can get your mind in that place, basically your thoughts become your feelings, your feelings become your action and it all is linked. Like there's neuroscience that proves it. So there's something called mind movies. I don't know if you've seen that. So Joe Dispenza talks a lot about it, but also a lot of other people where rather it being just words, the next step is doing in pictures, mm. right? So you visualize, hey, you know, put a picture of your Lamborghini or your perfect couple or whatever it's going to be, right? What mind movies are is you're putting short video footages. Maybe you've created them or you can get stock photos. Mm. But at the same time, you're also putting words of information on these videos. So it's, these are words that connect deeply with you. I want to feel energized and be healthy, right? And on there, you've got pictures of you doing some yoga and some workout, right? Maybe yourself or it might be someone else, but these are words that connect with your soul and connect with your heart. And these are videos that connect with you. And then thirdly, the element is of music mm. because music is what creates emotion. So what my movies are is basically like 30 informations with connected footage. And at the same time, there's music that essentially uplifts you. And there's a fourth area on this is, um, there's been a lot of science and again, I'm 
obviously being a fanboy of Joe, but what he did was, um, he says the kaleidoscope. So basically if you do kaleidoscope visuals, that takes you to the alpha state much quickly. It uh -huh. takes the mind to the alpha state because you need to basically remove yourself from where you are today, like this craziness that we're mm. living in, and you need to quickly go into an alpha state, which is a calm state. Yeah. So if you look at kaleidoscopes, the colors, that's something that hits your brain. How do you create um, kaleidoscope? So you can get visuals online, like on YouTube. So basically you're just looking at kaleidoscope visuals on so you know there's really colorful oh, literally images yes yes, yes. Oh, i thought you so meant you like that, you're putting a whole bunch of images no, together no, 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 and like no. mashing so them. basically what he says go look at some kaleidoscope images to uh, put yourself in an alpha state uh, then oh, like a watch, relaxation yes and oh, then watch the mind movies gotcha if you do that in that sequence um that's known to be like the most powerful visualization more powerful than words more powerful than pictures mm. this is the ultimate so mm. i've done something quite basic in this but i've never done an advanced one so you can go on like websites you can get someone to make it or you can make your own but that's what i'm going to do i think joe for whatever he says uh is useful for certain people yeah, yeah. but I, I think sometimes he uses scientific sounding language to qualify certain things that i don't think are scientifically based. Mm. There are other people who I respect who essentially say similar things, like Dr. David Hamilton, who is a chemist who wrote uh, Why Woo Woo Works. You love that book. Yeah. Um, and then Tara Swart, who is a neuroscientist, teaches at MIT, and is also a, a qualified psychiatrist. Like for, she comes from the, the the medical path. Who wrote The Source, which is a book I always recommend people because she basically talks about the science of manifesting which is basically we're, we're saying the same about, yeah, thing yeah. but you like people you know choose your your different adventures Path. whether it's with different joe road. whether yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah it depends on who like chimes with you right i completely agree i think looking at something having a visual and then focusing on it ideally once a day and sort of visualizing yourself in that scenario i think is a really really powerful tool that literally creates connections in your brain that will, you know, subconsciously lead you down that path. So you're going to be careful what you wish for as well. Like Rochelle did this recently. So she, she's had a, I don't want to put her on blast, but like, you know, she, she, she's got a life coach. Uh, she did a lot of work with her. She created her own board and stuff. And one of the clear things on her board manifested itself within six or seven months. But in that manifestation, she's now like looking at the next thing. And it's kind of like, well, I didn't really want that actually. So figure, this is actually the next thread I wanted to talk about. We're pretty lucky to know what we want in life. Mm. We're really lucky. Do you know? Well, how, no, we've made a lot of mistakes. I've made some I've mistakes. I've made loads yeah, of mistakes, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think I'm certainly in a position now where I've created threads towards what I truly want to happen. And... Uh, that that's quite unusual, dude. A lot of people are like doing the same thing every day, yeah. you know, day in, day out, in the vacation, whatever it might be, and they're not really truly following their passion. Mm. I get it, you know, it's it's easy for us to say we're in a position where we can actually manifest that, but a lot of people don't even ask the question what they want. Yeah, no, you're right. I think we've been, yeah, we're very lucky. But I think, look, there is a clear pattern. If people are listening, they're like, okay, like they might think you and me have done well. I know for a fact it was this manifestation, this visualization that was a huge aspect that helped me. So, but to manifest, do, you need to know what you, what you want. want, right? So I feel I think I've just invested time in that area. Maybe I'm lucky to have invested that time, but I know what it happened when I was young. Every Sunday, I don't know, I just made it as a me day quite early on. Yeah, I think that was what happened. So on Sundays, I generally won't do much. When I was young, I used to just sit there on my couch. Really weird. Like since quite a young age, dude, I, I never did that. Yeah, it's really weird. I was such a busybody. 
No, I just on Sundays, I don't know why. I just said, hey, it's actually quite cool to sit on a couch and just to write stuff. <laughs> I don't know why. I was really weird. Really? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was after uni. It wasn't during uni. It was after. And I think a lot of it probably spurred from like Tony Robbins and some other stuff I went on because I realized that this whole aspect of writing and thinking what your brain wants and putting it on a piece of paper, like that's, it's been something that's in me. And I also like write down my values. And so in a way, do I have programmed myself quite early on? I'm not surprised where I am. Weirdly, yes, some things have happened which have blown me away, but in a way, do I have manifested this? Mate, so, this, you're basically true. describing what I purposely had to do in Norfolk. Yeah. You're basically doing that every Sunday. Because that's the other that's thing. That's why we're you doing the podcast together, you right? Don't, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to like drive yourself three and a half hours out of the city uh, no, just no. to sit in a forest. You can, and, like, you can sit on right, the couch. You can just sit yeah. on the couch you can. and do it. But I didn't want to tell you that. I thought it'd be more funny. <laughs> I thought it'd be more funny you to let you go to do like this. Just working out myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, mate, you we could have just sat on the couch. No, I'm, just, I'm just here to watch you, buddy. This is all good. That's why I'm, this podcast, this is my time to hang out with you, see, see what crazy stuff you're up to. A few things I was kind of um, just whiteboarding whilst I was, I was driving somewhere with Rochelle the other day because she's in that sort of position where, you know, she's in a job, she's good at her job, but is it something that gets her fired up in the morning? No, not really. Mm. Does she want to do a side horse or find out what side horse? Well, yeah, probably. And for that to happen, you need to sort of like let go of all your uh, inhibitions. So I did this exercise with her and I was like, look, imagine you are not tied down by money. Let's just say like, you know, you, uh, I don't know, your mum or dad like makes it super big, sells uh, their company for like 100 million or whatever. They gift you 50 mil. They're like, you don't have to work any day in your life. Mm. What do you want to do? You've got 50 million now. You've got, you know, you've been on nice holidays. You've, you've got a nice car. You've done all the things that you want to do. And now, you know, you're, you're sat in your nice flat in the middle of London. What are you going to do next? You want to do, so, you want to start something. What industry really fires you up? And so you're getting that person in that state of yeah, like, yeah, okay, of I can do whatever I want. I can yeah, do travel. Yeah. I can do well-being. I could do, uh, I could do podcasting. I could get in front of TV. Like, what do I want to do? And so you, you, you map out those different industries and then you figure out, okay, where's my skill set? Like, where, where do I, where am I curious? What do I want to learn a bit more about in those different industries? And then you just start drawing all these different circles and seeing how they intersect with each other. And then you can sort of, graft or like research that so there's this two levels there and then the third bit is research and you research those areas and then you figure out okay what could i do in these different verticals and I, honestly I, I think that was really helpful for her and it was helpful for me to figure out again on my vision board exactly what i want to be doing mm. one of the things that i was saying to her is like think about the idea and then think about the leanest way in which you can yeah. test that idea we can bring on the podcast if she, if she ever oh, wants i don't to think she wants to be yeah, on the podcast okay, no, no, no. <laughs> all right all right so um my friends on ftx man what the hell has just happened right your mate no, 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 oh, no, 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 it's not my mate, no, no, it's not my mate, um, but yeah, wow, what's just happened, so I'm sure some people may know bits about the FTX, mm. by the time this goes live, it might be a week after um, the big news, but essentially FTX is one of the largest crypto exchanges in the world, right, and um, they've just filed for bankruptcy, Yeah. so what happened is the owner of FTX is this really big character, he's this 30-year-old who's worth $25 billion, well, no longer, but he was. Um, and it's called, his name's Sam Bankman Freed, right? And so they call SBF, that's his like nickname. And he basically had a hedge fund and he was lending money from his, like essentially it's like a trading platform to um, his hedge fund. And his hedge fund was then taking risks on just general oh like markets. God. And... FTX also had their own cryptocurrency called FTT. And 
this hedge fund was also protecting that cryptocurrency. So when it started declining, like the hedge fund had to buy stuff and it turned out that the hedge fund was making a lot of losses in loads of different places and they were using money from the deposits of customers in the exchange. So basically everyone's money was being used for a hedge fund and also other things. And yeah, essentially now FTX is far for bankruptcy. We're talking like billions and billions of people's money has been lost. Um, VC money to also accounts, like people who had money on the account. So this yeah. is a huge, huge bit of news. But now I don't really want to talk about the crypto side or um, the markets. That's not really why I want to start on this thread. I wanted to just talk about some of the really major like red flags that were there. There's like four massive red flags red flags in my mind, which... Before you point that out, can I just... Yeah. How on earth is this possible? So a guy starts a equivalent, equivalent of Coinbase, would you say? Yeah. So basically yeah, an exchange where I can better. buy Bitcoin or Ethereum yeah. or whatever, whatever. And I also start a hedge fund and I put money from that exchange into the hedge fund yes. and then start making risky bets with the hedge fund. How do the legals of that even... Yeah. Because I'm just thinking if I was trying to start that, I, I wouldn't... Yeah. I wouldn't So get... crypto market's not really regulated as tightly, right? Um, so banks are... So right now there are... There's like ratios. So there's a um, deposit to lending like ratio. So right now if you're a bank let's say you've got a billion dollars worth of deposits, right? You can, you need to have a certain amount of capital on your balance sheet. Um, otherwise, regulators can come after you. Yeah. So I don't know what the current ratio is, but let's just say it's 50% for hypothetical reasons, gotcha. right? Yeah, yeah. But basically with the case here, they were lending pretty much most of the money oh that was on Lord. the accounts and it's not being regulated. Oh, um, there's no rules. It is a bit gray. Yeah. Um, so with this crypto situation, yeah, there was that, like, I guess... Yeah, there was this was one of the flags, but it's not being regulated. And this is this is one of the red flags was, you know, the VCs like we're talking big VCs like Sequoia who are um invested yeah, it's huge, in it. Yeah. The thing was this guy, this SBF guy, like he was probably like so he was talking about effective altruism, he was talking about, you know, helping politics, he was bailing out companies. Oh, that's how I know about this yeah, guy. Yeah, this guy yeah, this guy was yeah, yeah. a 30 year old like honestly, I was a fanboy. Yeah, I was yeah. like everyone everyone is whoever saw his interviews, they were yeah. like, wow, this guy is the fi finally we have a saint in the finance world, yeah, right? Like yeah, he was yeah. he was the saint and I'm going to interrupt this for just one second. Me and Jay love seeing your reviews, but we wanted to go a step further and let you have the chance to ask us some questions on the pod right here. If you go to happymillionaire.club, there's a microphone in the bottom right corner. Click that, tell us who you are and ask for anything you like. The best ones will be played on the show in a couple of months. Let's see what you've got. It turns out, yeah, obviously now we know what actually was really going. Because like, I was scratching my eyes like, man, this guy is like, <laughs> this guy's too good. This is amazing. Like, where's this guy been my whole life? He's like, okay, I know Elon Musk has got, you know, some, like, I think he's got more fans, right? But they were saying like, he is the next prodigy, right? He was the person. The next but, Elon. So what happened was like, you know, the one of the red flags was this audit issue, right? So VCs, and it's now public, Sequoia, when this guy pitched to Sequoia, right? Which is probably, you know, arguably the number one fund or one of the, the best VC funds. They, in the internal uh, memo on like making the investment, they all just said like this SBF guy is one of the greatest people they've ever met in their life. Like literally they were all oh, just wow. saying how incredible this person was. So what happened was, and this is what happens in a lot of businesses, if the founder in that business is doing so, so well, right? Everyone just like 
backs off and goes, oh, just let that person do what they got to do, right? Mm. It's a bit like a bit like the Elon Musk situation, right? He's like, just let that person be great. Yeah, also yeah. a bit like the Theranos situation yeah, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So if they're, if they're doing so, so good, it's like, oh, why, why are we getting involved, guys? Like this person knows so much more. So there wasn't much auditing going on, okay. right? The VCs didn't really know what was going on. They just kept an arm's length. So yeah. I think that was one massive red flag that we can definitely learn from, right? The other massive red flag was some of the team um, in FTX. So now it's starting to come out some of the people who are on the team of FTX. Um, I was reading somewhere there was some article and it was crazy. There's so the guy running compliance used yeah. to run this um, poker company which was caught for huge fraud, <laughs> right? So they were like taking. So they were people within the business. So the employees of this um, poker company were basically playing against their customers and they knew what hands oh they were holding. They were, yeah. God, so they went under. The yeah, yeah, so this, this guy terrible. was running compliance for FTX, Oof. right? <laughs> so I feel like that's the second red flag. It's like, if you are a big company, there needs to be proper reference checks on you know, the team because that's a massive flag, that's right? That's insane. Another um, big red flag in this was there was a lot of whistleblowers Right, but they all got hidden. Right, ah. no one like it, it never it never hits the yeah, press because I, it's hidden. Would, you would have heard the about same thing happened like Theranos, right? So Theranos, as we know, is that blood company. Yeah, right, yeah, there were yeah. so many whistleblowers, yeah, but yeah. everyone just chooses not to, to talk about it. it. Yeah, yeah. If you think about it in business, and this is actually a deeper human psychology issue, and it's probably a good time to mention it, is that I do believe that like, humans are good. Right, we're all we've got all got this good part to us. Right, but then there's other values. Right, so you've got this element of like serving, giving back. You've got this element. We all have it. Right, but there's also other values like greed. Right, and in this case, I just felt that maybe the SPF when you were speaking, like it was believable. There was some goodness coming from him, but the second value, which is greed, was a, or making money, whatever you want to call it. Right, that value was so much more greater than giving back that. It was just an exceed. It was exceeded, and whistleblowers were mentioning this. But um, like, how are you supposed to catch it? But I think we need to take the whistleblowers a bit more seriously. I mean, first of all, it's kind of become part of our vocabulary now. This whole like, okay, if you're going to give, you want to make sure that your pound stretches or dollar stretches as far as it can go. So the best thing you can invest mm. in is, you know, things like malaria nets or water sanitation mm. or whatever, things that are less sexy than some of the other sort of charities you got out there. Uh, but the other thing is like, if someone isn't displaying the fact that they are greedy and let's be honest, we are all greedy. 100%, all a little vain. bit. Yeah, we all we want to make some money. Yeah, yeah. You know, part of I, I, what I love about doing the pod is actually the fact that we are talking about mixing happiness and the desire to create wealth. Mm. You're, you're not like hiding away from the fact that you are trying to generate wealth, right? Yeah. I think it's an important balance. And if you're hiding behind this whole effective altruism thing, it's easy to say this in hindsight, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. If you're running a finance company, you're like, oh, but you know, we also just want to give yeah. all this money to chat. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, he was, he was also willing to help Elon on his the, on the Twitter buyout. So oh, really? supposedly he put himself down for $3 billion. And no. Elon, yes, he did. He put himself down for $3 billion. And Elon's like, this is a bit weird. So there's been, there's some trail so for that that's Elon come out. He's a Elon fanboy as well. Um, yeah, he's an Elon fanboy. Right. So the fourth one, so this is something that actually my brother mentioned as one. I think is so right. Is there needs to be like more peer reviews, more peer feed, peer to peer feedback. Mm. So his peers, i.e., the Coinbase guys, the Binance people, they flagged his model that um they knew what was going on in the background. They knew about his hedge fund. They people knew what was going on, right? But 
they weren't taking the you know the peers feedback that seriously and i feel like that's something that somehow we need to be more um, open to hearing for companies because but they're, they're, they're not just peers they're competitors right true but and I feel like talk a lot of shit about each that's other that's true Look at Lyft and Uber that's true but I feel like fair enough it doesn't have to be competitors and it has to be people knowledgeable in that space and they know that you know, it is not bias. It's just maybe it's just like experts in this area, mm. right? That's maybe the form of regulation that they have to go speak to these people. You know, every six months they have to go speak in front of them and they have to open up their books. And yeah, yeah. you know, it's all NDA. It's all protected. People did flag whether it's the com competitors, but lots of people did flag some of the issues, mm. and it just got ignored. Because the thing was, this guy was a marketing genius. He was on New York Times. He was on Wall Street. He was doing interviews with all these people that everyone, billions of people, were watching. Going, why this guy is incredible? But isn't it funny? Like, because this could have happened to multiple entrepreneurs along their journey like mm. Elon Musk famously I remember listening to a, an autobiography of Elon Musk in the car with Amit when we were driving to Austria and I was like amazed at how many times he nearly lost Claps, everything yeah, yeah. he almost like yeah. almost lost absolutely everything I mean this is outright fraud so you can't really yeah, compare yeah. it but at the same time like I think it's going to be it, it's hard to spot these when you've got so many moving parts in an industry that a lot of people don't understand. Like it's almost like having that independent body of like crypto experts, who the fuck are they? Mm. Like I barely know the the basics mm. of, of crypto myself. It's tricky, right? Because I feel that um, in these startups, there's always going to be some elements which are a bit great because it's unregulated, right? But then there's just like straight out red line. This is yeah. totally <laughs> yeah. wrong, right? <laughs> so I think like all startups, like, you know, being an entrepreneur, you got to hustle, you got to like move around, right? But like, then there's just like extreme levels where you're literally taking people's money and putting it into a hedge fund. Like, yeah, yeah. So I just feel nice like, level. yeah, so I think hopefully these are some, I don't know, something needs to be done because I know so many stories and don't disclose like I know so many situations that are happening where like, you know, the marketing looks so great from the outside, but actually inside, we know there's something wrong, right? If you if someone's listening to this and they want to expose themselves somewhat to crypto because they believe in, you know, it, 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 people do want to expose themselves to uh, the potential gains from crypto. Yeah, yeah. Like what, where would you... Honestly, I, I would say that they have to um, really, really understand what they're investing in. Like, but the thing is, it's so... It's complicated. Yeah, so complicated. Know. But there's the thing, it is a bit like gambling. Like, speak to... How, how much of your wealth would you Me, put I haven't in? got much. I haven't put much in. Like 5%? No, no, nowhere near. Like nowhere 1%. near? Oh, okay. I really? just, I've just, I'm just watching from the sidelines. Mm. I might miss it, but I'm all good. I'm like staying yeah. in my lane. Um, uh, I'm the same. I'm probably <laughs> I'm like well out of it. I know uh, yeah. we know a few people that are, yeah. are bullish on the idea of... Yeah, it, I just but. think... You know, I think the main thing I want to just get away from this like thread is that yeah, there are certain things that need to change um, for startups. And B is just, I know the bit that I'm most fascinated is in that human psychology is like the values of greed and giving back. There is, there's a paradox with everything in life, right? But this is, this is a really extreme situation, right? And I think it's, it's a good one to just understand because you just don't know what's underneath, right? Yeah. And this was a prime example where it got exposed, but let's see. Did you watch the GameStop saga, by the way, on Netflix? Yes, oh yes. Oh my God, that was so good. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Like, the whole sort of background to that story is amazing. I think you're going to see that again and again. Oh, of course, we're going to see a lot more. I wonder what the next one's going to be. 
glad you made it back from the woods okay, mate. That's where I sounded like Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> um, we had stopped doing the ratings for a couple of weeks, but it's back by popular demand. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was a, a great episode, actually. Okay, uh, you enjoyed it. Good. Well, it, it depends on who our audience is, because if they're a bit woo-woo, they'll be totally into it. But if they're very... Like scientific minded, I would have been like, what? <laughs> scientific what? minded. <laughs> so I ranged from like two to eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so switching off uh, and leaning into boredom, I thought it almost seems like society is just like progressing at an exponential rate. And these advancements that we're having often like detract from the human experience. Whereas like switching off and going back to sort of nature, mm. it, it's amazing how like pleasant that is for like the soul or you, you just feel so refreshed from those type of activities and a lot of the tech advancements are yeah moving us away from human values and there's this uh, uh movement called humane tech by one of the early guys at google on uh tech that tristan harris yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's done a really good TED talk. And there's I a like... Netflix show on it as well. It's almost like, you know, people are using psychedelics to access the default mode network, right? Yeah. The DMM, which is, you know, your sort of like uh, balanced state, whatever you want to describe it as. I think more activities to access our default mode, which is essentially stimuli less. Yeah. Apart from what you see in our natural surroundings, yeah. they, it's going to become yeah. very, very common. So the second thing was the vision board. And something you guys didn't uh, mention specifically, but I thought I'd add is that you both like speak it into existence as well. Like you have the vision, but then you share it with others mm. or eat like the most vulnerable state of sharing is to share it on a podcast. And then the third thing was uh, knowing what you want in life and having me days. So yeah, you don't need to go into the woods and be all like Doctor's Kitchen about it. It's all good, man. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Just last thing, uh, a bit of a new segment, which was homework or a shopping list. Oh, yeah, yeah, homework. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if people want, they could try and do a vision board and try and uh, really think about, yeah, what is it that they want? I can put some links together and they can... Um, or like some good places to go on there. So I think that might help them. So yeah, we'll do that. I'll do a shout out for Tara Swart's book. Oh, it's it's, awesome. I recommend it to everyone. It's brilliant. You All right, can awesome. read that next All time. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'll read it. <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the woods. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening through to the end. I hope you enjoyed that. And I'm going to be real with you guys. I like winning. I mean, I really, really like to win. And winning to me right now is making a success of this show and building our community of happy millionaires. And I need your help to do this. Can you send this show to two or three friends, maybe your business partners or anyone else that could find a bit of joy listening to this show? If you also want to get in touch to give us any feedback, tell us what you like, what you don't like, even just about something we might find interesting to talk about on the pod, you can get in touch with us through the website, happymillionaire.club. Thank you so much for your support and we'll see you on the next one.